I'm Trent England for Save Our States, and uh, we have a very special guest on Six Questions today because he is our distinguished fellow at Save Our States, a, a colleague and a friend, a great, uh, a, a great scholar and defender of the Electoral College, Michael Maybach, who has a fascinating history, uh, not just around the world of public policy and in politics, but around the corporate world uh, and uh, across the United States and, and all around the world. So we're going to talk about all those things. Michael, thank you so much for joining me today on Six Questions. Yes. Well, thank you, Trent. Thanks for having me. It's a real honor to work with you. Yeah, it's it's uh, we have a great team here at Save Our States, and I'm excited to uh, share you with our Six Questions the audience. So let's let's get right into it. First question, Michael, you've been working to defend the Electoral College for years. What is it that first sparked your interest in this topic? Well, um, when I was a freshman, first semester of college, Professor Herbert Storing of the University of Chicago, in his presidency class, assigned us all to write a three-page essay for against the Electoral College. And I said to myself, well, I've got to be against that. It seems like an archaic, odd part of the Constitution we ought to get rid of. And he had the assigned readings in the library. And I went and I, I read the, the readings of both the um, opposition and the, um, the supporters of the Electoral College. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm changing my mind because of these readings, which is the first time in my young life I had actually gone 180 degrees different because of something I read. So I did write the essay uh, in favor. I was the only one in the class, I think, that did, and uh, published my first essay in, a, in the Peoria Journal Star, my hometown newspaper, for the Electoral College in 1978. So even though I had a 40-year business career, I've been writing and thinking about this uh, for a long time because it really is one of the doors into the Constitution that, that allows people to explore the entire Constitution. That's uh, that, that's great. As I as I mentioned to people, a longtime defender of the Electoral College. Uh, second question, Michael, you mentioned working in, in corporate America. I want to jump over to that. You worked for Intel for two decades, uh, starting in the early 1980s. How have you noticed a shift in the culture uh, of, of, you know, big, big tech, corporate America from then until today? Well, it's stunning. It's um, a different world. Um, when I joined Intel in 1983, I was hired by the first uh, founders, the first four men that started Intel, wonderful uh, PhD engineers, and um, uh, taught me so much. When I, they asked me to start the government affairs department, that's why they hired me, because they had a trade war with Japan. And they made it very clear to me, Trent, that we were not going to be involved in the game of politics. We were simply going to represent our technology, our employees, our, our markets, our customers, the communities we served, um, but we were not going to be involved in any, uh, what I'd call social issues that would divide our employees. If it didn't have directly something to do with our business, we weren't going to have an opinion. And um, that really is the way to run government affairs in a corporation. We have a completely different story now. All this virtue signaling, you know, an, an airline or a soft drink company has an opinion about the election laws, and this never stops. And I really believe this is because 
Um, instead of practicing virtue, so many people now want to show the virtue um, by, by suggesting that they really have all the answers in society. And shareholders don't invest in these companies to solve all the political problems, but really to solve their marketplace problems. So drilling in a little bit, Michael, here, our, our third question is about national security and chip manufacturing. Do you think that there's a national security risk uh, with, with the United States and, and really the rest of the West being so reliant on chip manufacturing in, in China? How, how do you think about that? Yeah. When I was in the industry, the U.S. accounted for almost 50% of global production, and now I think it's about 13%. Uh, some of it is in Taiwan, some of it is in China. Not a lot in China, but certainly Taiwan and other countries, Korea, uh, non-U.S. sources. Semiconductors or computer chips are the crude oil of the information age, artificial intelligence, um, of course, everything you do with your phone, everything online, cyber security, cyber warfare, uh, robotics. Um, yeah, all of, we, we've discovered how reliant all of our cars are on computer chips. I, I think that's been a real, a real learning experience for, for people over the last year that, uh, yeah. you know, if you can't get chips, you can't get cars. Yeah, it's, um, it's really quite, quite remarkable. Semiconductor technology is placing the memory and logic of man into work, into, uh, into uh, tools that we have around us. And therefore, uh, it is sort of in the, the change from the agricultural age to the machine age had to do with implanting man's arms and legs in metal objects and gears and, and levers and like on a locomotive train. This is instead of man's arms and legs, this is putting man's memory and logic into work. And it really is um, an incredibly powerful and yet um, uh, critical technology. And there is a national interest uh, here. The last thing I'll say is the Chinese government is one big industrial policy machine and there are no checks and balances. There is no public that has an opinion, et cetera. So it's a place of industrial mercantilism without any of the checks and balances that our founders said are critical to liberty, but also to good government. Michael, you're involved with the Institute for uh, the Institute of World Politics, right? Uh, and you often give speeches on college campuses. Are you surprised by the shift away from free speech in academia? I am, and of course, this really is related to this question about companies having opinions about everything. We are in a cultural war, and I know we at Save Our States don't directly get involved with that, but this is a, this is a debate in our society about the nature of the human condition and whether or not men are broken beings. The founders really believed, and this is the whole idea of checks and balances, that you know, Madison wrote in Federalist 51, if men were angels, we wouldn't need this constitution. Men are not angels, they are, uh, in, in, they are fallible and um, sometimes problematic creatures. And um, the whole idea of free speech is to silence the uh, discussion and debate about this nature 
but to say we've already decided that man's nature is a problem and that we have to change it. And anybody that wants to debate any issue that we have before us is really, um, it's almost an act of violence to some people. And of course, the you know of the 55 people in, in Philadelphia, only 39 signed the constitution. And the ones that didn't primarily were concerned we didn't have a bill of rights like George Mason. Patrick Henry. And of course, the first thing that great James Madison did when he got in Congress was to enact through the Congress and the states, the Bill of Rights, and its first article is free speech. The founders knew this was critical to free people. I'm talking with Michael Maybach here on our Six Questions podcast. Michael, question number five. The Electoral College is often attacked for being racist and rooted in, in slavery or the politics of slavery, Michael. What do you say to that? So one of the things I like to, to open my talks on Electoral College with are uh, paintings in 1776 of world leaders. Uh, the king and queen of this and that, the emperor. There were no elections in the world in 1776. And then I have uh, pictures of slave markets in Africa, in China, uh, across the Middle East, etc. In 1776, every country had slaves or was in slave trade business, including our, our own country, which was part of the British Empire. So this problem of race, which is really tribal, has been with us for all of human history. The remarkable thing about the founders were they founded principles in our constitution, not based on tribe, but based on individual liberty. And therefore we are not a tribal nation, but we're a liberty nation. Now they did inherit the problem of slavery and it was 20% of the population, something like that in the, at the time. And the best they could do was have a constitution that outlawed the slave trade, that diminished the representation of those slaves because they didn't have a vote. And that was the best they could do to get 13 states to agree on a, a national government, if you will. Um, I do like to point out also that in the last 12 months, over 2 million illegal immigrants have come across our southern border, virtually none of whom are white or Caucasian. Those folks must know something about our freedom in this country under this constitution. We did fight a civil war, 700 and some thousand people died to end slavery. Uh, I think there, this, uh, I've been to 67 countries. This is probably the least racially based society I've ever experienced, my gosh. And so this, this charge of racism now, you know, mathematics is racism and your choice on the menu is racist, et cetera, has really become just a tool to shut down debate. And what we try to do at the Save Our States is open minds, open debate, and, and take uh, seriously those arguments for and against the Electoral College. Absolutely. Could not agree more, obviously. Uh, Michael Maybach, uh, our distinguished fellow at Save Our States. Last question on our six question podcast is always, who is your favorite founding father and why? So I thought about this and I think James Madison. Madison was this <laughs> fellow that wasn't very tall in stature, um, a brilliant uh, young man. And he was concerned that the Articles of Confederation in this young, young republic were falling apart. And there's he listed in an essay 21 uh, flaws in this. He organized uh, the, the conference in, in 
first Alexandria, then Annapolis, and then he got all but Rhode Island, all but Rhode Island. Of course, he recruited George Washington to gather people into Philadelphia in the summer of 1787. Three months they spent, 55 men with <laughs> no air conditioning and the drapes drawn, and he helped them get, actually through the last week of the convention, the Committee of 11, where they created the Electoral College, he had uh, enough leadership and management skills to get those 13 states, well, 12 plus Rhode Island, to agree to a constitution, which then we had ratification conventions, et cetera. And then finally, he, he was true to his word in his private conversations that he went to Congress, got the Bill of Rights through the Congress, and enacted in the states and really um, gave us the republic we have today. So I think Madison, his greatest achievement surely was organizing and uh, in effect leading the Constitutional Convention. Yeah, Madison, yeah, he's such a remarkable thinker and, and yet a practical enough man to get things done. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, at times when, when uh, people like Jefferson and Adams weren't always quite so practical, uh, I, I always wonder, you know, without Madison there, it just seems so unlikely that they could have accomplished nearly as much. Even those, even those other individuals, right? They needed somebody like Madison to, to be the catalyst or, or, the, or the glue <laughs> at times that held everything together. Uh, Michael Maybach, thank you so much for being a guest on our Six Questions uh, podcast. Thank you for being a part of Save Our States. I also want to give a big shout out uh, as we wrap up this episode to Harry Roth, who was the instigator, uh, really the creator and producer of Save Our States and additional production work also done by Alex Jones. Uh, I want to thank the whole Save Our States team for all of the work that, uh, uh, that we've been doing since 2009. Uh, and as you heard in this, uh, in this episode, for a lot of the members of the team, going much farther back than that, working to defend the Electoral College and our great American Republic. Thanks for watching.